Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm your host, James McLam, and today we are really, really honored to have Dan Burton from FCA, who is the author, co-author of two books that we've already had one of the other authors on. We had Jimmy Page last year, who's the author with Dan, uh, this book, One Word, One Word That Would Change Your Life, and the book, Life Word, Discovering Your One Word to Leave a Legacy. And that's one of the things that we're going to focus on today, is how you can impact youth and help youth find their focus by working with their one word for their year and then helping them establish a life word for their life. Listen, I cannot stress to you the importance of listening to this and taking notes and then going to the links that we have about the one word challenge and getoneword.com. You're going to learn a whole lot from Dan as he shares his heart and shares the stories of how this concept has literally changed the focus and lives of those who have been encountered. And from a personal standpoint, I can tell you that it does work because my wife has used these concepts with middle school girls, 11 and 12 year old girls. And we share that story as well. So I want you to pay very close attention to this podcast and let's get right to our interview. Dan, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be our guest today. It is awesome to be here all the way from Kansas City. Oh, I, t- do I, I didn't plan to say this, but the very first flight, I, no, second, very first time I ever had a flight as a high school student was out to Kansas City. It was in November, and as we were flying in, there was snow everywhere, and uh, then it felt like we drove for hours just to get into the city. So I was, yeah. <laughs> my story. <laughs> it's a it's a great city. I grew up on the East Coast, but been here for the last twenty years. Well, I do appreciate this. We had your co-author Jimmy Page be on the show almost a year ago, and we're excited to have you. I should have had these books a little bit better and uh, prepared and stuff for the audience that can see us. As you guys know, oops, let me uh, let me reverse my view so they can actually see who I am here. Uh, but we uh, we have the the you've you've offered one word, you've also authored life word together, and I actually have one word for kids as well. So do I have the entire collection, or am I missing something? No, just released is voila! I got to send it to you. The one word journal. So yes. it's the idea that. Everyone kept saying, hey, the book was great and helped us find the word, but actually living the word, the book didn't really do that good a job. So we, over the years, 10 years, 10 years ago, this book came out and it's been wow. amazing to see how, how it's traveled around the world. It's been translated into Russian. It's been translated into Korean. It's been translated into a lot of different languages. But the One Word Journal is a 52-week journal that allows people to actually develop their wins or weekly wins and their takeaways as they experience their one word firsthand. Mm, I love that concept. Well, Dan, our audience heard a little bit about you in our introduction that I uh, recorded for them, but they always love to hear from our guests a little bit more. So if you wouldn't mind, share a little bit about yourself with our audience. Well, uh, my, my claim to fame is uh, my three kids. They're married, grown, 
and live here in Kansas City. They they went to a school at Liberty University. All three played lacrosse at Liberty and and, and got scholarships there. And I thought, James, I, I for sure after them growing up on the East Coast and then having all their family from the East Coast and then going to school there in the East Coast, we're going to lose all three. And, and what do you know? God brought all three back to Kansas City. And I'm going to be a grandfather in, in March. So uh, life is oh, good. Wow. Good. Congratulations. Yes. That's coming out quick. Yes. And so dated my wife, a little fact, you know, you, you know, the young ones that are still out there dating and pursuing and wondering who God has in store for them as a life mate. Uh, dated my wife starting at age 14, all the way through high school, all the way through college. And one year after college, nine years of dating. And now we've been married for 32 years. So we've been together wow. for 41 years together as a couple and been on staff with FCA uh, here, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, fall in love with it at University of Delaware, played lacrosse there and had a little, James, a little FCA group that met on Thursday nights with 10 athletes. Here we had 13,000 at the university and we had these 10 athletes, eight football players, one mm. swimmer and one lacrosse person. I was a lacrosse guy. And we met on Thursday nights at Carpenter Sports Building at 7.30. And, and God just began to show me the value of connecting faith and sports and combining those two and living it out. And I fell in love with this organization called Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Graduated with my finance degree, thought I'm going to follow my dad's footsteps and become a very successful uh, uh, financial planner. And mm -hmm. um, God got a hold of my life my senior year in college and said, hey, what you're enjoying and experiencing in college and challenging athletes and coaches, you need to go back to your hometown, uh, Northern Virginia, right outside of DC and, and start FCA. And so back in 1990, we started FCA, served there for 13 years, and then 2002 moved to Kansas City and been with this great organization for 32 years. I love FCA. I was a part of FCA, obviously in high school, but in college as well. And I was pulled uh, by the county that I was in to be a huddle leader for a local high school. And there were only five kids that came on, the, on that night, uh, on those nights and stuff. But we met, they were enriched. We took them to the zoo. We had a lot of fun. And then the years that I taught high school, I was the co-leader, you know, with, with, uh, with the school. And actual fact on this, I'm getting off on my story here, but instead of yours, but, we found that if I was not listed as the official sponsor, I could do and say more during the meetings. So mm -hmm. Coach Blaylock, the baseball coach, was the official thing, and I was the un unofficial. He he signed all the paperwork and signed all the stuff, and I just kind of helped him with the meetings and stuff. And, and so, uh, you know, that, that allowed me a little bit more freedom uh, going forward mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. So you guys – what was the reasoning behind this uh, of writing one word? What was the, what was y'all's thought process? Well, it, there wasn't a plan to write, write a book. There actually to tell you the truth. We really uh, stumbled upon it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would say, I don't know our listeners uh, being uh, younger than I am, uh, but in, in 1999 going into the year 2000, I don't know if you remember Y2K. Yeah. Y2K was like, Hey, the, the, the computers are going to turn 2000 and then the world's going to melt. Like they thought, Hey, bombs are going to go off. Entire governments were going to shut down. And it was, it was a little crazy. Like I know we're talking about world crisis nowadays with pandemics and different things, but the Y2K was, was it was a technology crisis, you know, and 
no one knew what was going to happen at midnight. And so uh, it was the fall, November before Y2K. Uh, I was with one of my best friends and, L- and fellow FCA teammates, Steve Fitzhugh. Steve played for the Denver Broncos and uh, had retired and become a youth communicator, traveling around the world, speaking to hundreds of thousands of young people a year. And, and Steve was our, also our DC director. And we were invited to go to a, a, a student conference in Ocean City, Maryland, which is about three hours away outside of DC where both of us live. And, and Steve and I go, hey, let's drive together. So we got back then, we got our Dunkin' Donut. There was no, no such thing as Starbucks. So we just got our Dunkin' Donut, hopped in the car, James, and we started driving. And I remember like yesterday, Steve leans over as we're having this conversation and he says, hey, Dan, Y2K's coming, world might melt, but hey, if we survive and we make it into the year 2000, what is your one word for 2000? Well, James, I, you're probably a lot like me, high driver, you know, hey, set goals and roles. And I had a seven page Word document with everything I wanted to accomplish. Like I was crazy off the charts, like all these, hey, these targets and goals and roles and things I wanted to accomplish. And I would do that year after year, knowing I accomplished like 10% of what was on the list. But what would I do? I'd reset it and hope next year would be better. And so when Steve asked me what my one word and my goals for 2000, I began to share all of my seven page Word document. After 20 minutes, <laughs> he, he stops me. James, he goes, hey, time out. He goes, Dan, he goes, I asked you for one word. You gave me a sermon, you know, and uh, he goes, I just want one word. And so I was so conflicted to try to take these seven pages and reduce it down into a single word. I came up with a phrase. I gave him a phrase. I said, hey, Steve, this is what I want to do for the year 2000. So at this point, again, as a really good friend, he's a big football player. He could squash me just I'm a little lacrosse guy. He goes, Dan, you really are stupid. I asked for one word. And I, as much as I wanted to answer him and just give him a word, I couldn't narrow the focus. I couldn't simplify it from the complexity to get it down to a single word of what I wanted to accomplish or who I wanted to become in the year 2000. So, you know, I, I pulled a, a page out of Jesus's book. Whenever Jesus went into things, he asked other people questions. You know, mm-hmm. he challenged people with questions. So if you don't know the answer and people are asking you a question, turn around and flip it on them. Right. And so I finally said, OK, big boy, um, what's your one word? And I'll, I'll never forget. He said, Dan, my one word for 2000 is harvest. harvest. And so. Yeah. And I go, James, I go, I'm thinking in my head, Steve lives in inner city, DC, concrete's everywhere. Why does he want to become a farmer? Mm. You know, like, what are you talking about? Harvest? I go, Steve, harvest? You live in DC. Like, what are you talking about? And he said this, he says, Dan, he says, I, as a youth communicator in the year 2000, I want to plant seeds of greatness in the next Mm. generation. Listen to this and see a generation of young people rise up and produce a harvest of kingdom-filled leaders. That's why my word is harvest. I I get chills telling you that story today because I remember it like it was yesterday. And so then he turned to me and he said, so what's your one word? And I leaned over and I said, harvest. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 I... 
I didn't say that. And that couldn't be my word because that was his word. And, and, and I said, Steve, I go, man, I go, that is so powerful. It's so rich. It's so deep. I said, I don't know. I need time. And I still got a couple months before Y2K. And so what do you know that as I began to I, I run every day, I was out running and journaling and spending time in, in the Bible and, and studying and just saying, OK, Lord, what word do you have for me? And, and one day on my run, James, just like almost the word found me. It was intimacy. Oh. God, God spoke to me and says, I want you to be intimate in all relationships, not a mile wide, inch deep, but I want you to be intimate with me. God of the universe, I want you to be intimate with your family, your wife, your kids. In, in FCA, you know a lot of people, Dan, but it's all surface. And it's time for you to go deep and be intimate. So my year, my, it started in 2000. So that year, the word was intimacy. And I'm telling you, it was the year of intimacy. Everywhere, every podcast, every sermon, every book, every quote, every conversation always came back to intimacy. And I just went, man, there's some, there, there is significance. It's catalytic because, we, and you know what we do? We, we drive to complexity. We, we drive and drift to complexity. But what we need to do is we need to drive to simplicity. And as soon as I simplified down to this one word, now on the backside of the intimacy, God opened up all these ways that I could apply this concept, this one word vision, this one word theme to the entire year, 365 days a year. Wow. And so you guys got together, you created this. How, how I understand how adults can, can, can be focused on this word, but can this really work for a younger generation? For those of us who are working with youth, is this something that we can teach them and help them focus on this year and ago? I mean, is it going to be more than just a fun activity? Is it something that can really make substantial change in their life? I would say at the beginning, I was even questioning that, James, like, hey, would, like, well, what age is this really transferable? At what age mm -hmm. does, does this leadership principle transfer and really take hold? And, and really probably Jimmy and I early on, uh, John Gordon came on along later before he wrote the book when he, he was introduced to the idea and he started presenting in every keynote. And then we decided to write the book together uh, later, but uh, uh, several years later, but but the key is this, is, is Jimmy and I found out that we, we, we go, we know it's, it's impacting us. And so what we started doing is we started doing with the family. So Jimmy and I at the time lived on the East Coast. He lived in Maryland. I lived in Virginia. On, on December 31st, we would bring our families together and we would do a one word party. And we'd get canvases, we'd get paint. And I'm horrible at painting. And we would all sit in the kitchen and we would paint our one word on our picture with our kids. And again, our kids were younger. They were preteen teenagers. None of them were even in college. And so we're kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, will this, will this make a difference the way it's been making a difference in our lives? And so we would paint our pictures and we thought, okay, we did the picture, check the box and they're not going to understand it. And we went home, James, and we hung the pictures in the kitchen right next to, to the kitchen table where we had dinner. And every day it was like, Hey, Eli, your words control. How did, how did God use this word in your life? And what do you know? He had a story. He had an example. He had an area that he failed at or succeeded at it. And, and so really, Jimmy and I realized that this is for all ages because we suddenly saw it 
impact our own kids and started impacting our family. We said, wow, if this is impacting the family unit, maybe it could impact teams like, like sports teams. So then we started the teams that we coached. We started rolling out. I coached lacrosse and, hey, guys, we're going to have a one word for the season for our entire team. But then everyone is going to have a one word that you're going to make a contribution. So sure enough, we did it with our high school lacrosse teams. And it was the most powerful team builder we could do. And then next, you know, we started in businesses, businesses started doing it and started, you know, I even remember Hendrick uh, uh, Auto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had a one word car where all the employees of the entire company had their words on the car and they had in the show. Really? On the car? They went and read your car? Yes. Yes. A BMW. It was so cool. I was like, I want the one word car, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, and then sports teams like Indiana University, Coach Allen, he has a one word wall where he has the word for the year, for their, their season in the middle, and all the team and coaches' w- uh, words are around it. So every day when they come into practice, they actually walk by that wall as a reminder of the one word and their contribution to it. So, you know, to say, you know, how it fits, where it fits, how it's being used, you know, we, we didn't know, hey, it would work with young people. We didn't know, hey, we have a kid's book. We didn't know that teens would take off with it. Uh, and then even even the real big surprise, James, is – this has traveled around the world. I mean, we, we, we have Olympic Chinese skating teams that have done it and put their one word on rocks and it's transformed teams, Olympic teams to the highest level. And I mean, stories we can't, like it blows our mind of how this one word concept has traveled around the world. Well, I want to, I tease you up on that, asking you about youth, but I do want to show, let's bring up that picture that I had. For those who are who are watching online, you can see this. This is my uh, wife's middle school cheerleading team, and you can see they did one word. Now, for those of you who are looking, the big word at the back is uplifting, and if you look around it, you'll see they signed. That's the team one word. So the team came and voted on that, and then each one of the girls uh, had their own one. You got endure, you got compassion, uh, courage, positivity. Uh, mm. My daughter's is, is so is written in such a way I can't even read hers. Hers is, is right there in the middle with the dots and stuff all over. I don't even know what it is, is her. I think it's strength is what hers is yeah. um, going through. But it did work for them. And hmm. these are our sixth grade and seventh grade girls. I think there might be two eighth graders on that team. But most of them are sixth and seventh grade girls. So you're talking 11 and 12 year old girls. And, and they bought into that concept with excitement uh this is my wife's second year coaching this team and last year she felt like they were not united as a group mm-hmm. and it was a struggle during the year there were a lot of conflicts and she wanted something to bring this and so i i i gave her the books and 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 let her read them and this was right after i interviewed jimmy and and so I read, you know, she read that stuff and she said, we're going to do this. And mm. so they did this back in early fall and, and they go back to this about every two weeks. They'll bring it back together. And, and the picture with the pom-poms, if, if for those who are looking online, if you look real close, you'll notice they've written those on their, on their arms. My wife wrote them on their arms to remind them the week before their major competition that they had of their own word and their focus. And it worked. Mm. It, it really worked. So you know, congratulations. You guys did a great job on that. Yeah, I, I tell you, the, the, you know, a lot of times you develop certain concepts or leadership principles and, 
and you think, man, this is going to really work. And then it, it, it belly flops. Right. And, and really, to be honest, we, 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 I mean, it was really the, the demand of people asking for it, not us trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. and, it, and again, that's when you know it's a God thing. It just automatically kind of grew. And now even on version, we have a reading plan, almost 1.5 million downloads of our four day reading plan oh, in wow. 120 countries, like craziness. So, you know, just to know that, that this thing works, this thing changes lives and this is, uh, is for everyone. You know, it's, 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 it's it fit, fits for everyone. So if, the, if there are people listening to us or watching this right now and they're like, hey, I really want this to do this as a family or I want to I want to do it with the team I work with. I want to do it with the church youth group I work with. I want to do something here. Where do they start? What's a good starting point for them? Well, I would say exactly is getoneword.com is get our website. You know, there you can get the books. You got you got the whole library. I need to send you the journal to complete your library. But and I'll send that out to you. But but the getoneword.com is is where you can read you can read stories, watch videos, you can you can uh, 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 see pictures posted. You can make your own one word posters. Uh, there's a one word action plan. There's a one word review. When you get to end of the year, you can review your word and and maximize that. So there are a lot of resources and tips on on get one word, but also. John Gordon uh, does every single year this something something called the One Word Challenge, and we have tens of thousands, tens of thousands of people that sign up for this and get the seven day daily encouragement in the video from John of having the One Word Challenge as we begin the year. So it's not too late. Hey, they're not. It's hmm. like, oh gosh, I've already missed. We're 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 a month into the new year already. It's it's not too late for them to jump in on something like this. No, we. I've even shared this at the end of the year and I'm like, Hey, you still got two more months, you know, let, you yeah. know, don't wait for next year to get a word. You can have one word for, for two months and then, Hey, you can jump into the new year. Hey, let's speak directly to the young people that, that may be listening or, or give some words to people who are going to speak to young people. Cause most young people, when they, they're going to want to know what's in it for me. We know that. Hey, so what's in it for them? Let's speak to them and say, you know, give them some motivation to, to want to be a part of this. Cause I'm confident that none of these girls that were in my middle school, as soon as my wife started presenting this, were like, Ooh, this is going to be so much fun until they got into the process and enjoyed it. So what's in it for them? Well, let's speak to them. Well, again, I would say that we've learned so much as we've done this, uh, James, that, it's kind of like uh, a diamond. You turn it, you just see it, uh, new angles to it and, and new things get revealed to you. But, um, you know, early on, it was kind of like, hey, let, let's get a lot done. Let's narrow the focus. Let's simplify it. And, hey, I'm not getting a lot of things done on my resolutions and all my game plans for the year. So let, let's just narrow it down to simplify it so we can get a lot done. And really, I would say the big aha is it's not about activity. It's about achievement. It's not about activity, it's about achievement. And achievement is about character, not circumstances, right? We, we spend all of our time, especially in today, coming, coming out of the shutdowns and everything else and, and the world's upside down and worldwide stuff that's happening, worldwide war, worldwide pandemics. Like every, everyone is like, oh my gosh, like, like things are falling apart. And, and so we, we, we get paralyzed, but then we go, hey, I want to get something done. And really, it's not about the circumstances around us that, that really are significant. It's more about the character that's in us. 
Mm. And, and, and for us, one word is about character. It's about not getting stuff done. It's not setting to do goals. It's setting to be goals. It's not what you want to get done for the year. It's who do you want to become? And so for a young person, as you're developing your personality, you're developing your gifts and strengths and talent and skills, it's, it's like now each year you have a chapter to your story, young story. But you have a chapter, hey, year 15, it, it's chapter 15 that, hey, your word is confidence or your word is wow. discipline or focus. That's the year that you're going to dial in on confidence. And, and, and so now it's, it's about who you become, not changing everything around you and dictating circumstances. And so um, I've just, you know, we know this being, being in leadership and working with, with leaders at all ages is, is we often say, you know, it's, 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 it's more about not circumstances of who we become, but it's our decisions, right? Because again, the stories we're telling today are based off of not what happened yesterday, but it's about the choices and decisions we made yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, we're, today we're telling stories about, hey, I was in Israel two weeks ago, and I'm telling you about decisions and choices I made two weeks ago before the show even started about me being in Israel. Well, those are the stories we're telling today. So the question is, what story do you want to tell tomorrow? Well, the story tomorrow is about the choices and decisions I'm making today, right? So let's fast forward the end of 2023. Like we just ended 2022. And all of us had a story we told. It was good, it was bad, it was a blessing, it was a burden. It was a road of regret, it was a road of reward. Whatever story it is, like, hey, I'm glad it was 2022 is over. I'm sad it was over. It was a good year. And actually, I, you know, good things happen. I don't know where you fall in what camp. But the question is, okay, that's 2022. If today we could fast forward, James, to December 31st, 2023 as a young person, and we could write the story. Ooh. of how we want it to come out. That's what one word gives you. If my word's confidence, hey, I want to be a confident young woman, a confident young man that's not dictated by the people around me, and I'm going to rise up and make decisions and impact the people around me. That's the story I don't want to tell versus, you know what happened to me? You know, you know all the stuff and all the things and, hey, this, that, and other that happened, and then you become a victim. You become more of just, hey, I'm a survivor, not a thriver. And I mm. believe for young people, for young people, this is a powerful tool that we have seen over the last 20 years, 25 years almost, uh, that we're approaching since the year 2000, of people of all ages saying, hey, there's a lot of things I can't get done. But my word this year, I'm living it out. God's changing me. God's transforming me. God's molding me. God's shaping me. And I'm becoming the person God wants me to become. That's the power of one word. Wow. I love that, that you get to go ahead and decide what your story is going to be for the year. So how does the one word for a year translate into this book, the, the life word? Life word. Yeah. We, it's funny. We, we have sold a bunch of copies of one word. We thought, man, everyone's going to love this life word concept. And I think it was a little heavy, James. Like it was like we walk them through a tomb tombstone exercise, meaning, hey, you have a tombstone. What word do you want to put on it? People are like, I'm not, I don't want to think about death, you know. But the, the thought is this. We walk them through a process in life word. Just like I said, hey, one word is the story, the chapters of your story. 
life board is the title of your story, right? It is literally the, the title of the story of your entire life. Then each one word for the year becomes chapters to make a contribution. So really they, they fit together and they support each other. So, so my one word, and again, we, we talk about life word. We talk about life word being a combination of your, of your, per, your purpose, what's your purpose, how God's designed you, your passions, what wakes you up in the morning and, and, and keeps you up late at night. And the third is what your power is. Power is the spiritual gifts, the, 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 the talents and skills that you have. And when you intersect the, the, the passion and the purpose and the power at the heart of that, is your life word. And so for me, my life word is the word passion, passion, the greatest contribution I want on my tombstone, bigger than even my name. I want a big tombstone that says passion. And then, Hey, Dan Britton and Hey, born in 1967 dash. And then my, my ending year, but, but I had a passion to love God and a passion to love people. Like that's, that's, that's my life, my life calling. That's what I want to be able to do. So my tombstone, my life word is passion. This year, my, my one word for, for the year 2023 is ready. I want to be ready for God to show up. I'm going to be ready to serve people. I don't want to get ready. I want to be ready. And being ready is available for God to show up at any time, not to make excuses, not to have regrets. And say, God, I'm ready at any moment. If you show up in my life in a powerful way, I'm ready to receive it. Wow, that's powerful. And you think that youth can understand this concept of a life word at their age? Or is this too heavy of a concept for them? Because I can see where adults will even struggle with it as well. Well, we think it, it does because in, in life word, actually, we in, in one of the chapters, we give an example that we are talking to. Uh, one of our, our, our FCA teammates is serving a closed country uh, in Asia and, you know, very tough country. You can't share much about faith. And we have a faithful worker that's over there making a difference and working with high level athletes. And uh, he had a young athlete, a 16 year old uh, a protege tennis player, and she was phenomenal. And, and he's coaching her and spending time and help developing her. And, 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 and just, just notice like her play wasn't, on point mm. and and so finally he had kind of like this little like heart-to-heart -heart conversation with her at age 16 so this this is how i know life word works is he 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 said you know hey what do you want people to say about you like 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 as you play tennis at the end of end of at the end of your playing what, what is it you want to accomplish and and he got got a marker and, and he says hey come up to the board and write 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 it on the board and she wrote the word famous and, and he said, you mean to tell me of the millions of young girls in your country, the only impact you want to leave behind is, is becoming famous? That's your contribution for all the gifts that you've been given and the things that you've overcome to make a difference and to rise above it and to succeed at the level you have. All you care about is people knowing who you are. That's your contribution. Is that big enough for you to keep playing to make a difference? And she said, no. And he handed mm. Marcus, why don't you go up and write a different word of what you want to leave? I, I don't know what, what he, he ended up. Uh, she, she, he never told me what she wrote, 
But I tell you what, it wasn't even close to the word famous. And that's wow. when we realized this concept of, of life word that, that, hey, it's, it's not just year to year, but it's this, this bigger purpose. It transcends themselves that they're striving toward. And we believe the life word has a great difference. Because, again, young people at the age 15, 16, 18, they're not thinking legacy, right? Right. Because we, we think, I've always heard, that, James, the definition of legacy is this. Is legacy is what you leave behind, right? And we go, yep, that's it. You leave behind. Leave behind some money. Leave behind a building. Uh, leave behind a family, whatever it is. But that's half of it. We believe legacy is what we leave behind, listen to this, that lives on in others. Ooh. That lives on in others, right? Well, now as a 15-year-old, I go, hey, after I'm gone, what do I want to leave behind? Not just period, but leaves on that lives on in others. Now I'm going, wow, as a 16-year-old, that, that opens my mind to knowing that I want to leave an impact, and it's not about me, but it's about others. And, and I would say this, even with the one word and the life word, another big aha moment discovery we made. At the beginning, it's like, hey, transformation for you. You're going to become a better person. Hey, you're going to become all that God wants you to become. It was more about what it did for me, holding up the mirror. It's like, oh, look, I'm getting, I'm growing, I'm developing, all that kind of stuff. But really one word and life word isn't about, hey, how it helps me, but I'm using my one word to bless others. Mm -hmm. I'm leveraging my life word in one word to bring a contribution every single time I walk in the room. So I walk in the room and I know, hey, my life word's passion, the greatest contribution I can give to others is to show them how passionate I am about God, how passionate I am about them, and that's the mark I leave. That motivates me to leave that behind that lives on in that, others. And, you know, true fruit isn't growing fruit on your own tree, but true fruit is your fruit growing on other people's trees, right? Like that's a powerful concept that I have such an impact in someone's life that I'm not just bearing fruit, but my fruit is growing on other people's trees because of how God's used me to bless them. And they're becoming the person God wants them to be because of the impact I'm having. Wow. <clears throat> I love that concept. I love that. I love your definition of legacy. I wrote that down in my notes. And that visual that you give of a book and, and the one word being those chapters and, and your, your life word being the title of the book, that, that just kind of opened up my eyes to this whole concept and brought it all together. When you relayed that and, and spoke that to me, it was just, it just clicked with me how we can really use this to focus young people's um, motivation, focus their energy, help them realize it. One of the things I thought about when I was thinking of, when you were saying this is that some of them might say, does it change? Can it change? Can my life word change? Uh, am I stuck with what I pick now? I mean, uh, I know there are going to be these questions there. So what, well, how would you answer that? Man, you're, you're, you got like the cliff notes, like you're deep, like you got the insider notes. Like, I feel like I, I didn't even give you any heads up, but you're asking all the right questions. So I would I say this. We, so many times, let's go back to, to one word, you know, one, one word is one year, 365 days. A lot of times people go, you know, I don't like my word. I'm going to change it. And we go, eh, you know, like, no, like don't change. Why do you want to change it? Well, I'm not really seeing an impact. Like it's only been the first two months. Like 
you haven't even journeyed with your word. And the thing is, is, is one word isn't about mastering your word. One word isn't about conquering your word. It's not climbing up on top of the mountain, sticking a flag in it and go, look, I, I got to the top. You know, I, I beat my word. I, I mastered it. One word is not about that for the year. One word is about the ups and downs. It's about the blessings and burns. It's about more revelation. Like I remember one year my dad came to me and I said, hey, what's your word for next year? He goes, I'm going to redo my word. I go, hey, we say no redos. He goes, Dan, it's my word. I go, what's my concept? You can't redo the word. <laughs> you know, he got mad with me. But I was like, dad, your word was disciplined. You had an entire year to realize that, you know what? You're not disciplined. And you had struggles with discipline. Why would you want to try to go another whole year to realize the same thing? Okay. Let that word in that year stand for its own and find a new year, a new chapter that God has a new year in you. Don't go back to that. And so we say stick to, to the word for the year and don't change it. But for life word, it's such a big thing. And especially if a 16 year old goes, Hey, my one word, my life word is, is, uh, is grace or, Hey, it's courage. And then all of a sudden they get into college and God's work in their lives and things change. And they realize, you know what? I have no problem with courage. And, and that's really not what my life word needs to be. And suddenly it changes. We, we say the life word can actually change between seasons of life, you know, by, you know, decades or half decades and different transitions in life. If suddenly there's a new life word, uh, but take it serious. We don't want to change them like, like a jacket, you know, like just change them in and out. Like, you know, Hey, it's no problem. But at the same time we say with life word, possibly it can change based off of the seasons and the transitions you're in, but with your one word stick to your one word for the entire year. Hmm. I was, I was thinking uh, about my book, right? I, I just am completing a book and how the title of the book changed slightly as I wrote more chapters. Mm -hmm. As I began to write the chapters, I was like, mm, that title does not adequately reflect what I thought I was going to write. Because as, as you know, writing being an organic process, you know, things, even though I mapped it out and mapped out what I thought was going to be the book, towards the end, it changed as, as God was leading me in a different direction there. So the, the title is much different than, than it was to begin with. Uh, so when you were saying that, I was thinking, well, as their chapters of their book is being written, their their word may change. Um, I, that, that is a great example. That is a perfect example based off of the more chapters you write, the more you get, you discover, and it might change the title of the book. How can they get these, not only the resources that you guys have here at Get One Word, but they can find all these on Amazon and all the outlets like that? All of it. You, Amazon, any place you can get it and, and get a book. I, I, you know, reading the book, I, you know, one, the word, the one word book, our very first one of, of the collection, you know, it's, it's uh, we, we said it's 52 minutes to read. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only thing better than, than reading a short book is writing a short book. So, <laughs> uh, so it, it's, it's, it's a one, one, it's one sitting, like you could be sitting down one night over a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a Red Bull, whatever, monster energy drink and, and, and knock out this, this one word we've had all ages read this. And obviously I tell you that the cool thing has been all the schools that have done the one word for kids and they, you know, the kids love it. Like almost like they love it more than even the one word book. And 
the idea is that you can get these resources, share them with your team, share them with your family, share them with your business. And, and it's awesome. Hmm. Well, how can they connect with you? If they want to find out more information about, about what you do and, and where can they go to find you? Well, on social media is um, I'm big Twitter, big, big Twitter guy, but at FCA Dan, at FCA Dan fellowship. It stands for fellowship Christian athletes. So FCA Dan is my social. And um, man, I, I tell you, I, I usually don't give out my email, but Dan at FCA.org, Dan at FCA.org. Like if anything I can do to help to throw a log on the fire, to fan the flame, to bring value to bring some passion, a little energy and passion, my life forward living out. Uh, I'd love to be able to do that. But yeah, at, F uh, at FCA Dan is my social and Dan at FCA.org is, is my email. And we'll make sure we put those links uh, in the show notes. So if you're watching us, you just look down at the YouTube. If you're listening, go to your app and you'll find that information there. Dan, thank you for kind of bringing this journey that we've had with, with your with yours and, and Jimmy's and John's book to, uh, to not closure, but to bring it to its fullness, to it, to the full extent of it, uh, uh, both one word and life word. I, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, I want to find avenues that we could use this in our coaching program with youth, because I believe it's kind of a next level that we can use in there. So yeah, uh, it, you, you'll I, see. I you'll, tell you, you'll see it, us using some of it. Yeah, yeah. Do, run with it. We we love when people take it and run with it, and they implement it, and it becomes their theirs, right? Like, hey, now this is your this is your concept. It's not our concept. It becomes yours, and now you take it to the next level. And I tell you, you know, it really can bring life change. I, I'm, don't underestimate because oh, you're like one word. That's simplistic. Mm -hmm. No, it's sim it's not simple, stupid. It's simple, powerful. And you know, I, I'll just share a quick little. In 2007, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia. And, uh, mm. you know, I thought he was going to outlive all of us, my brothers, myself. Like he's he's a Naval Academy grad, hard charging guy, and he was timeless. And he got leukemia and he battled leukemia through 2007 and approaching 2008, to be honest, going into that year, my one word was healing because I wanted my dad to heal physically. And I was like a little selfish, you know, I was kind of like, hey, it's a selfish word. Like I was like, Lord, you know, like if Hezekiah in the Bible prayed for 15 extra years, I'm praying for 15 extra years for my dad, you know. And so I just said healing would be the word for 2008. So 2008 started out and, and sure enough, May 2nd of 2008, my dad passed away, went from here to eternity. And uh, I was so mad. I'm like, this one word thing doesn't work. You know, it's like, I was so grieved that like, man, the one thing I was asking that Lord, you would bring healing to my dad. And, um, you know, it just was very tough time uh, losing my father, my best friend. And what do you know that on the backside, James, I was looking at one word through one dimension, physical, that was it. I was literally going physical healing, physical healing, physical healing. And we talk about the six dimensions in, in one word is, is physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, relational, and even financial. There's five other dimensions that I, I was so focused on just this one aspect that God used that from May 2nd till the end of the year, December 31st, that God brought emotional healing, 
relational healing, spiritual healing. I would never give up the year 2008 and the word healing because of what God did. But I was so focused on just one area that God opened it up. And that, that was one of the most powerful years, which I thought was a failure, became the greatest wow. year in the one word of healing that I'll never forget. So never underestimate the power of this one word. It truly can bring life change. Gosh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. That don't get you excited, audience, in you. As my dad says, your wick is wet. You're <laughs> excited about that. That don't light a fire under you. Your wick is wet. So thank you, Dan, for being our guest today. Thank you, audience, for sticking with us. List someone that you know needs to hear this podcast. So please share, like, and comment on this. And we'll see you again next week on our show. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.